It's time to join Montana's very own and your voice for agriculture, Talking Ag Lane Nordland, for today's LaneCast. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to today's agriculture conversation here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, we're actually taping this show uh, near the pool side. But the pool is covered up here at the Heritage Inn in Great Falls, Montana, as the 64th Montana Grain Growers Association Convention is underway. And we're actually not going to talk about uh, wheat or barley here today. We're actually going to talk about canola. But first, I would like to thank the Montana Farm Bureau for sponsoring today's show. Now back to the topic at hand. A lot of producers have heard about canola. We have producers that grow it here in Montana. But we're going to talk about the crop itself, the opportunities that producers have, and uh, about a new association that is helping grow grow that crop and the manufacturing and marketing opportunities here in the United States, uh, the Pacific Northwest Canola Association. Uh, joining me today is Karen Sowers, Executive Director of the association. Uh, from the Ledger area, Brad Birch, and from Sunburst, Dan Nodge. Did I get that right? Don. I have an A put down there, but uh, you know what? I'm not even going to edit that out because it shows how real these podcasts are. Don, I apologize about that. I need to get up north more, I guess. But uh, let, let, let's just talk about the association. Let, Karen, uh, wh- how did the association get founded? Uh, wh- what are some of the goals of it, and, and how can producers really learn more about it uh, to help grow a different crop out in the countryside? Um, the association, the the idea came through several, well, quite a few years ago, actually, and it, it kind of hit a wall. And so three years ago, we, we decided it was time that the timing was right to try to make it go again. So we had a meeting in Richland, Washington, and then that just started the ball rolling. So we were incorporated uh, summer of 2017, and then it just, we got producers. We have three producer directors from Montana, three from Washington, and two each from Oregon and Idaho. Um, The whole idea was to just kind of draw all the factions of canola production into one cohesive unit to be able to uh, promote canola production and industry in the four state region. So it's Montana, Idaho, Oregon, and Washington. Um, so we got the 10 producer directors. We're building in industry memberships as well. Um, we, we could use some more producer members out, out there in, in the state of Montana, but um, our mission is education, advocacy, and marketing to grow the canola industry in the Pacific Northwest. So um, yeah, we got a website. We've got Instagram and Facebook. Our, we're all about education as a primary goal. Um, if the, if the far, for both farmers and crop consultants, it's, it's in both places so and around the state with spring and winter canola. The, the marketing opportunities are, are better now than they've ever been. We've got in-state processors coming online in Great Falls with Montana Specialty Mills. There's a large processor in central Washington, Viterra in Warden, Washington. And then there's even one in western Oregon in the Willamette Valley. It's not quite happy hour. We should have Russell Nimitz go get us some beers, honestly. He just Russell? I'll, I'll text him. We, we do need some beers. We, we do need some beers, I think, here. We'll, we'll send a call out. But, uh, uh, Don, I was so focused on saying your last name correctly, I decided to call you Dan. That, I, I could just call you Dan for the rest of the conversation here. But uh, let's talk about your operation over there in Sunburst, uh, uh, a little bit about your family, kind of the crops that you grow, and uh, how you got into the canola growing in, end of it. Sure, awesome, Lane, and uh, at least you got my last name right, I so did. thanks for that. Yeah. So um, uh, I am a fourth generation on my family farm in northern Montana. Uh, my grandfather actually started uh, homesteading there in 1911. Sorry, great-grandfather in 1911. We, Since I started farming, uh, 
we've been raising primarily barley, wheat, canola, and we're into the pulse crops now. We started raising canola in 1992 because we saw, we started out because we basically saw the rotational benefits of it. We saw a neighbor, one neighbor that was raising it uh, a year or two before we did and uh, saw the Canadians doing it, saw the benefits, as I mentioned, from the rotational aspect of it. In other words, our barley that was seeded on a canola recrop was far better than our barley that was seeded on the barley crop, and that's consistent every year. I can say with certainty my barley crops after a canola rotation make 12 to 15 percent better yield consistently on barley that's seeded on top of barley and that same would follow true with wheat rotation profitability is another reason why i raise canola um, it's not only a great rotational crop but we are starting to see the profit benefits from it part of that is because and i believe karen mentioned it we're starting to get a lot of markets within our general area, within just a 100-mile radius from my farm, for example, we've got, I believe, five opportunities now for markets. That's a lot different than when I started in 1992. Yeah, how far of a distance was that back in the 90s? Well, back then, um, we, we were taking it actually fairly close. That was an old company called Intermountain Canola Company that's not okay. around anymore. And uh, it was close. It was within 50 miles. Okay. but. Other than that, we did not have any canola opportunities. Mm -hmm. So those couple things I mentioned to you are basically why we're raising canola, yep. started it, and why we still are. Well, and as you mentioned, the manufacturing side of it just makes it so much easier when you have someone very close. It cuts on transportation costs, more opportunities to grow it, obviously. So, so Brad, uh, let's talk about the retail and agronomy end of this. So I'm an owner in Dry Fork Ag out of Ledger, Montana, and basically my goal in the canola industry is education. Um, I sell seed, I sell agronomy and advice, um, but I want growers to be successful at raising canola. Uh, even Don, that has been raising it for 27 years, we always learn things from each other uh, from one year to the other. And so I'm out there really making sure that the growers get a good foot forward and be successful raising canola, and that's my goal in this. So let's talk more about the association. Uh, we have a lot of listeners out here today that maybe they've grown canola, maybe they're interested in growing canola, but maybe they need to know more about the education opportunities, the manufacturing opportunities, uh, uh, the rotational benefits uh, to a farm and, and to profits. Uh, when you're out, Karen, talking with uh, producers that maybe grow the crop or maybe they're interested, what are some of those key points that you want them to take away? Well, let's just use uh, the workshop that occurred here at the Montana Grain Growers. What were some of those key messages that you shared and what were some of those key questions you got asked? Um, I think the, the key messages are the benefits, like Don, yep. well, both these guys are mentioning, um, the crop and chemical rotation. Um, you said we're not talking wheat and barley, but we are because canola is in rotation with one or both of those crops in all of Montana. Um, there's the economic benefits. There's you don't need to have new equipment to grow canola. Maybe need modifications, but you can use the same equipment. The local markets are huge. Um, I just say the uh, the questions we were getting yesterday. I think that most of the attendees, particularly if they were growers, whether or not they'd grown it at all or 20 years, wanted to ask the growers more questions. So 
um, growers learning from growers, industry learning from growers, and from each other. Um, our, our website is, is trying to tackle a lot of that with the amount of information we put on there from production strategies to where are the markets, where do you buy seed, where do, you, where do I even start, how do I, what do I do if I've come across some ground that I don't know what the herbicide history is, or why do I need to know about that? But it's just from the very basics to more advanced strategies to try to make the crop go. Like Brad said, we just we want to see this whole industry grow. But just it's a tough farming economy. That's not not news to a lot of people. But I think something like canola is out there to provide an opportunity. It may not work next year. It might be the year after that. But at least start planning for it. And uh, yeah, get on our website. Um, membership is key to keeping us out there and educating and advocating for the crop. Um, we're, we're looking at potentially getting some growth regulators. Um, oh gosh, what do you call it? Registered growth r regulators registered in the state of Mon well, all four or in the United States, basically, um, to provide another opportunity for growers who might be able to put in winter canola earlier and slow it down to get it not too big before the winter sets in. Uh, there's just a lot of interest. I don't know if I could key in on one one question or another, but definitely the benefits. It's a you know, a dozen benefits you could list off the top of your head, and then hearing it from growers that have done it and have seen it. Um, I think we're, we're poised for a big change here in the Pacific Northwest and in Montana for sure. With the coming on with the new uh, new market or the new uh, processor and and Great Falls with Montana Specialty Mills, and then Cargill and New Seed coming in with these contracts for High Omega canola. Well, friends, don't go away. We'll have more with our friends with the Pacific Northwest Canola Association after this. As a Montana Farm Bureau member, you have access to a lot of valuable benefits. Now you can have your savings on the go with the Farm Bureau Member Benefits app. The app will show you where you can use your membership discounts with Granger, Case IH, Choice Hotels, John Deere, and more. Plus, with the app, your membership card is on your phone for easy access. It's free. Download the app today. Simply go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Farm Bureau Benefits app. Montana Farm Bureau, we care for the country. So what were some of those questions, though, maybe that producers were asking uh, you all in that room that maybe aren't familiar with the crop or maybe they are? Maybe, again, it's all about education and looking at uh, different ways of doing things or maybe going back to certain ways of doing things. Uh, can you share any of those questions that maybe that... Uh, maybe you had an aha moment with with some of these producers here at the convention well uh, actually at our workshop lane we um there were a lot of topics covered that day and um we had folks from as far away as kentucky coming to give presentations canada wow. uh, yep. Canada, canada. Uh, a person that was there from canada that has a lot of knowledge and a, a lot of expertise and was able to share that and Oh, the, the the questions were too numerous to mention yep. here, obviously. Yep. But there, we, we had everything from beginning producers to producers that have been raising it for a while, and a lot of industry members there. So really, it was a great gathering. And um, as I mentioned, we uh, don't have the time to get into all the questions, but lots of questions about production and marketing. And really all the things that our Pacific Northwest Canola Association is trying to do for producers is to answer some of these questions, get the education out there, and just in general advocate for the canola industry because we know the benefits of it. And, and I would just say one thing Karen made me think of it as she was talking about barley and wheat. As a producer, I will say this. 
I raise canola because I raise barley and wheat. The canola rotation is that effective on my barley and wheat rotations. I would say too, Lane, um, if, if there's one set of questions that are two, I guess, it's both ends of the crop season. It's stand establishment and then harvest strategies. And, and Brad Birch yep. here from Dry Fork Ag touched or had a presentation on harvest strategies. But stand establishment is wide ranging from your equipment to the seed to what's your herbicide history? What should I do for fertilizer? Do I do it like wheat? And I was saying in another talk today, canola is not your father's wheat. That was a, a quote from a grower many years ago, and I, I've stuck to that for a long time. It's very true. And in that same vein, canola has made me a better wheat farmer because you've got to be out there in the field more. Um, on our field tour in Sweetgrass Hills in June, Brad did a demonstration on sweeping for insect pests. You know, if you're not out there doing that, but then you get out there and think, gosh, I wonder what's happening in my wheat. I haven't looked at it in the last 50 years. You know, I've done it for that long, so why should... So anyway, that, it's kind of neat to see that whole progression of overall farm improvement because of growing another alternative crop. So Brad, let's maybe uh, touch on that a little bit. What are some of those key things that producers that are listening today can, can take away? Maybe they're growing canola. What are some of those tips that they should be looking at from the early on in the season up to harvest and making sure that crop's as healthy as it can be? So early on in the season, I mean, you want to make sure that you have a stand establishment. And uh, I talked today about uh, plants per square foot. You know, what's my plant population in the field? Do I have a good stand? Do I have a marginal stand? Or is it something that I need to address and maybe recede? If we can get uh, growers to uh, get out there and look and see what they've done through the drilling operation and make sure that that first foot going forward is, is on a level ground and they have a good stand, the rest of it tends to follow. And by what Karen said, visiting it at certain times of the year, maybe you wanna get out there right before flowering and have a sweep net in the field and check multiple sites to see what, what the insect population is. If you're into foliar applications with fertilizer or fungicides, uh, timing, when do I apply these products? You know. You don't want to miss the window, so you want to be prepared. What are some of the biggest mistakes producers, when they first start growing this crop, that are, are what are some of those mistakes they make? Don, check it out. You can both <laughs> jump in on this. Actually, Don is very, very good at, at seeding canola. Uh, he's probably one of my better producers, but speed with the drill is the most critical. Uh, when I ask a guy, what, it, what do you seed at, and almost everybody is 4.5 and higher, I've had guys seed up at six and a half miles an hour. All those numbers are way too fast. You know, top, I would say, would be four to 4.2 miles an hour seeding, and then depth is critical. There's a point I would like to add on to that, Lane. We don't want to make it sound like it's that difficult to seed canola. Yeah. Canola is not that hard a crop to seed, but you just need the right help. And in the presentation I gave today at the grain growers, one of the things I mentioned was use your agronomist. I just feel it's a little more important than it is for wheat and barley because we've been raising wheat and barley for generations. My father did it. My grandfather did it. His father did it. Canola, not so much. So there are some things to learn, but don't let it intimidate you. Canola is an awesome crop, and just use the help that's available. And these agronomists are out there, and want nothing but the best for your crop, don't be intimidated. I think another interesting thing to note at the workshop on Monday was we had, I started inviting seed companies, and I think I had a list of 14 or something, and I thought, well, if we get five, we'll be doing good. We got 
all but two of those to, to come here, one from Kentucky, a couple from North Dakota, one from South Dakota. So they're start, they are paying attention to the Pacific Northwest. Our acreage pales in comparison to North Dakota, for example, but the canola raised in the Pacific Northwest is very high quality. Um, when it's raised for seed production here, the seed size is larger than other production areas. So there's, there's a lot of pluses to, to raising canola. And I would like to echo Don's comment about it can sound like a scary thing, but partner up with a with your agronomist for sure, but also another grower. Talk to other growers. Come out to the field tours or the workshops. Um, there's education Join our available. organization. Yeah, join our organization. That, that membership that you p- get pays for things like that. So. I would just like to say the reason why I like canola so much is it's probably one of the toughest crops I work with. Uh, it can be hailed to the ground in June. Uh, don't worry about it. It'll come back. It'll still produce a good crop. Resilient. Very resilient. So obviously this is a new association. You mentioned you need members, and members are the backbone of any organization. And uh, let's just share with our our listeners, what what are the short-term and long-term goals of the association? Obviously we were talking about, um, you know, the need for education and everything, but for our producers out there, what, what, what do those goals look like for growth? Growth in acres or growth in membership? In both, membership, right? both, everything. <laughs> um, it would be great to have, you know, 100 growers per state, for example. Um, we've got a lot of industry support, so if the, if the grower support can be built at the same rate, that would be awesome. Um, short-term goals as far as membership, uh, we'd love to have 100 new growers by the end of the year, but it's already December. So um, I guess we don't have specific numbers on, on growers. Um, like I said, the industry support is huge right now. Uh, that's that's paying for a lot of things, and hopefully will eventually be enough to pay for uh, research efforts too. Um, let's see what else. Our doing. organization lane is no different than the Montana Grain Growers, for example. We are out there because we care about the producers and we want them to succeed in the canola industry, and that's that's our goal as an organization. Now, you mentioned uh, research and collaboration. What, what are some of the goals that maybe you have with land-grant institutions or, or, or opportunities that you see, uh, whether it's in Montana, in Canada, or, or down south when it comes to researching uh, and growing new varieties of, of canola? Um, as far as research goes, I mean, that would primarily stick with the land-grant universities in the four states. Um, we can always collaborate with outside the four states, but the growing conditions are so unique up here. And one of the really unique things up here is that this is the only region in the country that we can grow spring and winter canola, not on the same farm necessarily, but both can be raised here. And that's that's another bonus to the canola industry in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Those numbers need to be generated for, for research to, to get the land-grant colleges to develop these, these programs. Yeah, and so industry supporting that... Uh, Growers supporting that is all going to funnel right down to that. And what is the talk with, say, Montana State University on that research? Is there canola research taking place? Maybe what are some of your, obviously, forming this association is a way to make sure that, and having that membership, you can grow that research opportunities. But what is the state of that? As an MSU alumni, I just want to know what more they could be doing for you. I can say something about that directly, Lane. I, so I'm an MSU alumni as well. And at our the day of our workshop, I actually got to sit down with Peggy Lamb, who is at the research station in Haver, and we got talking about canola, and I asked her, how is the, how's your funding for canola, and are you doing enough canola research? And 
I don't want to put words in her mouth, but basically she relayed on to me, no, they would certainly like to do more, but as always, funding is, is the issue. That is what our organization, the PNWCA, is about, is to try to generate, and, and we've been very involved as an organization in trying to get the um, check off us, the committee going for oilseed crops. So that that is what a, a researcher told me. So that's right from the horse's mouth, if you will. I, I heard that as well, and there's um, Simon Fordyce is a research associate down at uh, Moccasin, and he's been putting in variety trials for a number of years now, mainly spring, and this year is the first year he's put in a winter one at, at Moccasin, but there's a real need. That's that's a The variety trials are a great basis to have a field tour. It, you're not just talking about the varieties, you're talking about the full gamut of canola production at the field tours in that situation, but I also talked to... Uh, Perry Miller, canola used to be more in vogue, so to speak, 10 years ago in, at Montana State University and the research stations. Um, there's the variety trials going now, primarily spring, the one winter canola, and then they're doing a few rotation studies that include canola. But I think the sky's the limit. I mean, if there's funding available, then that can generate more thoughts about what, what can we be doing to help the Montana production strategies. So maybe for our listeners out there that maybe they're not on a farm, maybe they're an industry, how can they join and become a member of the PNW Canola Association? Um, there's a membership form on our website, um, pnwcanola.org, uh, for both its growers, industry, and agencies. So, for instance, Department of Ag or other organizations like that. So, yeah, it's right on our website. Um, they can join with a check or a credit card. We welcome any new members, of course. So, so what, what, what's your message maybe for a young producer listening to this podcast today on, on uh, maybe trying out canola on their operation and why they should uh, also look towards paying a membership due to, to help out towards the efforts of enhancing agriculture in Montana and the PNW? Oh, I can certainly address that lane uh, as a producer myself. A young producer has everything to gain by trying canola, joining our organization, because it's the young producer that we're we're really out there for, right? And uh, all producers, really. But let's face it, we need the young producers to start taking over for some of those old guys like me, right? And uh, that's what it's all about is transition to the next generation for sure so our organization is a great place to start and i'm not sure karen even got a chance to mention that not only if you join our organization not only are you part of the pnwca but part of your dues goes towards being a member of the united states canola association so am i right there karen yep so yep. you got a voice here and and at the federal level at the national level so they've got everything to gain and nothing to lose I would also say, too, I, I did some case studies on growers in Washington State probably 10 years ago, and at the end of each of those case studies, we questioned the farmer, what advice would you give to another grower, a new grower? And every one of them, the first thing they said was, start small. You don't need to plant 500 acres the first year. You can plant 50. Or, and, you know, and talk to a neighbor, talk to a dedicated agronomist. And uh, Brad, can you add to that? I don't know about 50 acres. You barely get your combine set well, by 50 acres. But, <laughs> <laughs> but don't start with a thousand. That is correct. 
Um, Brad, uh, on your end, do you want to maybe talk about your business a little more too? Maybe producers up there in the Golden Triangle, uh, some resources that you provide, and uh, maybe how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in, in growing up there in the in the Triangle. So I'm located in Ledger, Montana, Dry Fork Ag. Uh, I've been established since 2006. I have five uh, field agronomists on staff, and one of our main focuses is canola production. Uh, we work with a company right now out of Australia called New Seed. Uh, they're working on the Omega-3 canola program. I've worked with Cropland Genetics, uh, Bear. I've worked with just about DeKalb, every canola that's been out there. I even started with Intermountain Canola as a field scout. And so canola has always been in my uh, interest. And if people are looking to raise, particularly like a new grower, uh, if they're looking to raise canola, I ask a lot of questions and make sure that they're focused on what they really, truly want to get out of, out of canola. And I want everybody to be successful. And so anybody that is interested in canola, give us a call. Um, you can find me. We have a website. Uh, dry fork egg. Uh, I believe it's .com. You'll have to go on the website and take a look. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time there, to be honest. My wife is the one that does it. But uh, she's been a great inst instrument in getting that started for us and getting our name out there and just, you know, consistency from us. I mean, if we're going to help you with wheat, barley, canola, I mean, our, our, wood is, our word is our, our bond with you as the producer. Well... We never did get our beer, by the way. I, I apologize for that. But uh, we are getting close here to uh, happy hour time anyway, so I don't want to hold you up anymore. I know, know there's a lot of folks you, you need to get to here tonight, and uh, I'm just going to call you Dan from now on. Don, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to call him Dan, too. I've been hey, Dan. called worse name. <laughs> I got, got your na last name right, but uh, got egg on my face right from the start here. But uh, uh, I'll just uh, give the floor to you three, just some uh, last few uh, words that you would uh, just like to say about the association or any words of wisdom, or if you have a clean joke, you can say that too, but uh, I, I want to go get a Coors Light here pretty soon here. Um, I'd just say um, thanks for having us, Lane, but uh, the, the acres are growing in all four of the states, So, and all of them, like I said at the, at the beginning, are, are poised for, I think, a lot of growth. You know, Probably three or four years ago, uh, it was starting to gain traction or a little more traction than it had. And now I think it just, Don said this several times in the last three days here at Grain Growers in our, at our workshop, that it just feels like the time. Now is the time to jump in the game. It's, it's no secret the commodities, other commodities are, are down right now. So what an opportunity. And with the local markets here, I think now's the time. And we'd love to have everybody be a member of the Canola Association to help us keep this ball rolling. I've known Karen for over 27 years. And... As a young lady, she was passionate about what she did, and 27 years later, she's still that same passionate person. I believe the association has the right person at the helm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, and I'll certainly echo what Brad just said. Um, uh, we just hired on Karen as our executive director. It hasn't been a year yet, has it, Karen? Yeah, so, right? Uh, she's definitely the right person to lead our organization, and our organization is made to support producers, canola producers. And like I mentioned, Lane, I'm a canola producer because I won't, I'm a barley and a wheat producer in Pulse Crop. Canola is just a help in every respect, and that is exactly why now is the time, as Karen mentioned, join our organization. We can help out a lot. 
And I would put one more plug-in lane, and that is for our board of directors, producer board of directors, also industry members, but the producers are putting their heart and soul into this too. That's that's why they're, you can, on our website, there's a section about our, and it has a listing of our each of our board of director members, a picture of them, and, and why they are on the board. So that's that's an interesting read. Karen, what is the website before we wrap up here today? It's pnwcanola.org. Okay. Well, I want to thank the three of you for sitting poolside with me here, <laughs> even though the pool is not is not visible here at the Heritage Inn. But uh, thank you guys so much. Brad, do you have anything to throw in there? No, I just say thank you for the opportuni- yeah, opportunity. Thank you. Thanks, Lane. You bet. Well, I didn't slaughter everyone's names, just Dan's. I mean, Don's. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. And uh, make sure if you are interested in learning more, visit them online. Uh, contact your local resources. And, uh, you know, if you grow the crop, maybe consider paying that membership dues and, and also uh, and visiting that website. Whether you are a farmer or you're an industry uh, partner or if, if you are an agency, make sure and be a part of that as well. So thank you so much, Karen. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? I don't know if I mentioned at the beginning or not. The Another part on our website is for consumers. Okay, great. So if you want to learn if whether you're a farmer, a teacher, educator of any kind, there's information on there about pollinators, health benefits, uh, where it's grown in the <laughs> U.S. and in the Northwest and each county. Um, anyway, there, there's there's something for everybody on the website, and it'll it'll keep building. Great. Well, again, uh, Karen, Brad, and Don, thank you so much for, for joining me here today. Uh, you're getting interviewed for TV on our TV product, and I said, let's do a podcast. Yeah. So I know our, our listeners are going to appreciate that. Uh, thanks for joining us here today, friends, on the podcast end of it. Uh, make sure all the information uh, for the websites will be in the description of the podcast. We'll catch you next time here on the LaneCast Ag Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the LaneCast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and NordlandCommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the LaneCast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the LaneCast.